I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Picture the scene. It's been a good day in the woods. You've brought fresh wild game back to camp. The work is done. The fire is burning in the cool fall air. You take a seat close by to rest. What's your beverage of choice? Mine, like a lot of people, has to be a good cold beer. Whether it's after a long day at work, a day mowing grass in the Florida sun, or just to celebrate success around the campfire sharing stories of the hunt. So who better than to have in the studio to discuss the many facets of beer in the outdoors and the brewmaster and co-owner of the Little Week Cover Brew? So, you guys know me. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and let these guys introduce themselves. This is Jordan Krebs, co-host. Briar. Your Jim. And the man of the hour. It's Chris. <laughs> you you got to give your last name. Oh, sorry, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need people to Google you. Uh, yeah, I got you. I appreciate it. Yeah, Chris Connor. <laughs> yeah, they got a bit of look you up and know where to find you to come get some of this delicious beer. Which yeah. he is, he is. Well, I say delicious. I haven't got a chance to try it yet, but it's coming. <laughs> it's Little Cobb's Brewery. Brewery. Put, I'm putting yeah, a lot of faith brewery. in that. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's it's. Uh, we've been quite excited for this one, to say the least. Thanks for bringing beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll know if it's good or not if the podcast is only twenty minutes long. It wasn't, so, wasn't so good. <laughs> Or maybe he made it real strong. I'd say we'll know who's, <laughs> how many of us are slurring by the end of the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said all the easy questions first, please. <laughs> so how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been in making beer? Yeah. So beer? yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so for probably about eight, nine years now, um, it's kind of a Christmas present thing. My father and I had always been, well. I wouldn't say craft beer kind of sewers, but we like just variations in beer and that sort of thing, kind of regu- more than the regular fare. So um, we would talk it up a lot. And then one Christmas, uh, he went down to the local homebrew shop and got us a, a class. The, some guys out of Sanford, Sanford Homebrew, um, they uh, offered classes, teach people basics of brewing and stuff. So he signed us up. And we did a two-day class and kind of just went from there. So, yeah, it was uh, kind of what kicked it all off. And then we made our first batch of beer and, and – uh, let it ferment out and put it in a bottle and took it to a UCF football game and drink with our friends and convinced ourselves we loved it. And then everyone got rock gut later that day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was from the football game or from the beer, but yeah, something went wrong, but um, no, it just, uh, you know, it was, you know, it was close enough that we're like, well, it's beer. It's not really good beer, but it's beer. And, you know, so that we kind of tried it again and again. And, you know, like, like a lot of things just got a little bit better of it added over time so yeah <laughs> i met chris through boy scouts we got a couple sons that are eagle scouts and chris has got one that's almost there and um we kind of met because we're, we're both i remember the real conversation that kind of glued when we talked about the importance of building multifaceted people right and, right yeah and then the other thing that attracted me to chris is he's just a workhorse it's like needs to be done chris is there just getting dirty and sweaty and and it was great but then one day he invited me over to his house to have some beers and he mentioned that he does some craft brewing. And I remember driving over like, you know, <laughs> cause I've had some before like, Oh man. So, but I get there and he's got the setup in the back of his house and he's got actual taps and multiple things. And he pours me his first beer and I, you know, 
admittedly kind of took brought it to my nose expecting I don't know, skunk ape or something. <laughs> Holy crap, man. And anyway, right then I was like, this guy's onto something. And then he, I think it was a dark beer and then he gave me the amber beer and yeah. then he had a, a, a cold shirt. And I went through the lineup and it was, you know, he's like, well, which one did you like best? And I'm like, I need another round of each. So that was what, four or five years ago? Three, four years yeah, ago? Yeah, probably, yeah, probably at least that. Yeah, four or five years ago. I think that's probably when we started to hit our stride. There was a couple of years that we were just kind of, we'd do it, you know, and then maybe a few months would go by and we would try it again. And then, yeah, probably a good solid six, six, seven years ago, I was just like, start brewing every every week like you know and then more people like yourself would come over and have it and then that wasn't enough so it was like okay a gallon doesn't get it done now we gotta do five gallons and then now we got brewed 10 gallons <laughs> so i remember when you told you were gonna open up a brewery yeah. Like, yeah 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 we're already over here making plans to be at your brewery <laughs> when it opens it's just it's just a hop skip and a jump down the river so you can just get there in no time so. we're looking forward to it yeah does yeah. it have river access it, it doesn't my house does but um, the brewer, then that's where the name comes from but yeah the it's near it's near uh wakava state park and that whole little area over there so um kind of borrow that name from that whole idea that's so. awesome it fits though and i love your uh your kind of your logo here uh, how you turn the hop into a fly yeah yeah cool right yeah yeah that's what we thought you know like i said it kind of encompasses that whole vibe and like I said, little, it's the Little Wakaba River, which is right where I've been brewing the last eight years near our house there and also being a little brewery. So we're not going to be a big old thing like, you know, if you go to some of the other craft breweries around, like we're just uh, what's called two barrel, man. We're just 60 gallons. We're pretty small and, um, you know, we're just going to crank them out. And again, we're, we're more about just kind of um, wanting to facilitate that neighborhood and that area of town. And so much, I mean, I would love to get people to venture from all over, obviously, but we really think there's a, a need for that and i've just for forever friends of ours have always been saying hey man y'all should just open a brewery over here so that's really our focus now so and that's where the little 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 fits in as well with that so well so i feel like it'd do pretty hot over there because i mean you got the what the uh, the island right there yeah what kind of island yeah big craft beer people place. roll in yep. and out of there all the time yeah so. well we even get that it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people say man you know, sometimes we're leaving Wakaiba Island, you know, or it gets crowded and they were like, boy, I wish there was one more place just to go and have another craft beer. So I'm not going to lie. If we take some of that overflow, I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to be in a great location there at the Springs Plaza where you've got a number of different restaurants and Mykonos. Uh, hurricanes. Hurricanes. Mulligans, mul- yeah. A whole Tijuana bunch of places in there where yeah, yeah. I think it's going to do great. Just people come in and get a couple of pops before they go grab dinner. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing too. That's why we push so hard to be in that area because, um, that is kind of a destination already. You know, a brewery is yeah. a destination, but if we're already in a location where it is a destination for people for dinner or whatever, yeah, pop in and have a beer. and you know. Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I know you keep saying, well, we're going to be a two-barrel brewery. I'm like, yeah, not for long. That's well, not you know, for long. Well, that's the conversation when you have with the other brewers, and they say, well, how big are you going to be? And I tell them, and they're like, yeah, it's not going to be big enough, man. You're going to go bigger. So, the business plan allows for that to happen pretty quickly. Should we need to expand uh, based on uh, space and, and what's available around us if we needed to do that. But again, uh, I'm 50 and my business partner 74. So, you know, we're just starting this puppy up now. I don't know how long we're going <laughs> to, I don't know if expansion's in the plan. So, but yeah, it would be a, we joke all the time and I'm sure it would require us to double our efforts in some ways, but um by starting small and giving ourselves the ability to get bigger if we need to, that's a good problem to have. Cause if it actually comes to that, we'll figure it out. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
So let's get started on a beer. What, what, what's the first beer you got for us here? All right. So the first one we're going to do is a little light lager I make. Um, I actually call it a pseudo lager um, without going into too much details, but like a traditional lager, whether it be anything from a German Pilsner to an American uh, you know, lager, like a Budweiser, Bud Light, it's usually uh, fermented cold. But unlike this beer, it actually fermented pretty warm. So what a beer might actually ferment out at 50 degrees in the cold condition, all this stuff. This thing uses what's called Kvike yeast, which is a Norwegian yeast. It literally sat in my garage at 95 degrees and just cranked through it. Didn't throw off any off flavors. So when you open it, it still tastes like a cold conditioned beer where it doesn't have all this weird phenolic flavor and stuff going on. So it's a lager, but technically it's a pseudo lager. So that's kind of the trendy term to call them right now. So hmm. that's I'm kind of lost, but I'm ready yes, to take it. Fennel So... There's a to, be a, to be an honest, got lager, it's got to be cold brewed. Is well, the so the, the, so you, it, there's a couple of things and nomenclature gets a little wacky these days with everything, but like it should be cold, can, it should be cold fermented and it should be a bottom fermenting yeast that sits more down in the bottom of the liquid. Whereas an ale traditionally sits on the top and you see all the krausen going on on the top now, where this one kind of works from the bottom up or should, <clears> but it doesn't. So no. Log logger is or lagering a beer is a process of brewing beer, correct? Well, lagering a beer is a, a process of conditioning a beer. Okay. So any beer, That's yeah. Let's. Re, I'm going to really confuse the hell everybody now. So you can have a beer like an IPA or a stout that lagered. All the term lagering means is it conditioned cold for a long period of time. Okay, which would help with flavor profile, would help with uh, carbonation and clarifying. So lagering a beer. Uh, just means to let it condition for a long time, but a lager beer, <laughs> we got it. is a cold fermented beer. So, all right, Briar, let yeah, it pour it. At the end of the day, yeah. it's a it's a golden beer that's fizzy, so it's tasty. So that's what. We're gonna <laughs> Let's give it a shot. He's got his these. What do you call these little glasses? You're you're kind of poured it. Ah, uh, these are like sampler, like rough. five ounce samplers. So like when you go to a brewery and you want to do like a. Um, a flight, you know, and they'll give you like four or five of them. That's about the same. That's about the ounce of pour that you would get. So that's about five ounces. So, and these growlers are 32, so you can get more oh, than man. you want if you like it or not. So is that really good? That's really good. Everybody else is already tasting. I'm just kind of lost back here in the corner for a second. <laughs> that is really good. That almost, uh, Oh man. It that's almost kind of tastes fruity. All right. I like, yeah. So like I said, it's mm -hmm. not a proper conditioned lager. It didn't oh, ferment out cold. So having wow. a little flavor to it actually kind of gives it a little benefit, you know? So God, yeah, that, that is, that is my man's <laughs> onto something. <laughs> that is really good. I'll Remember, be driving got, to a popka quite often. We got to figure out which one of these we want to make the official under pressure outdoors. Okay. Beer. Yeah, exactly. God, dude, that is take, good. take notes guys i feel like even people that don't like beer would right. like this beer right well the the advantage of this beer is it's pretty easy to drink. like i said i like that you said there's a little bit of that estuary fruitiness to it but um what's really impressive about this again that that yeast i was saying kvike yeast which is kind of taking over the homebrew world but i think the big brewers are getting onto it a little bit but you don't have to have temperature control you can just like i said you can stick it in your garage it, that ferment at 95 degrees that high heat also allows it to get through it that beer was done fermenting in four days it was carved and i was drinking it about six days after the day i brewed it which is wow. really fast for a beer so tell me i, I called it fruity but fruity yeah. really isn't the right no I, it's not the right I mean, way to describe it sweeter yeah it's got a little sweetness to it um it, there is um i'm trying to think what's the grain bale it's basically malt there is I do use actual uh, cane sugar to dry it out to give that dry profile okay. to it. And it's got a little bit of um, crystal malt. So that might be the sweetness that you're getting there. 
crystal malt's like a slightly kiln malt. This is not a super dark. This mm. is a, this is an excellent hot day beer. This oh, this yeah. is a lawn yeah lawnmower yeah. beer for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. lawnmower beer. <laughs> no, you're right because you think fruity. You, is, think, yeah. you think somebody put strawberries or lemon in it, and but, that's not right, it's right, just, right. But man, no, no, beery. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it right, beer, man. Yeah, I think not, what makes it a perfect hot day beer is that it's not like he- it's not heavy on your stomach. Right. All, no. At all. No. No. Yeah. No. And this guy clocks in. I want to say he's. Uh, Five three, five three. I don't think I wrote him down, but I got him on my phone here. I can look him up. But yeah, it's about five three. So it's a little bit more than that. a more than a little bit more than a king of beers. She wants another way. one. <laughs> yeah, bring it over. Bring it over. I'm gonna get some more of that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is that is. Well, killer. now now I'm nervous because this is one I thought we should I'm start with. Hold off. <laughs> That's a was, really good one. trade. You you know what? Maybe easier. You y'all just pass this around. Oh, yeah, that'll work too. <laughs> but that is man. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope that's your worst one. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's I mean, from my palate, it is, but <laughs> you never, you never know. And not, and by worst, yeah. I mean it's just probably not my favorite of the. Um, Usually, I like the kind of beer that if you hold it up, hold the glass up to the light, you can't see through it. Right, right, right. Personally, right. but <laughs> nah, nah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, this is yeah, it's it's clear. And the nice other thing, light. unlike uh, big breweries, your big old macro breweries like Bud and stuff. You know they can filter and centrifuge and that stuff. This is just from conditioning and let it drop clear, so you get to get all the yeast and everything yeah. out of there. So that's a bit of a process learning. But I'm I'm very visual with my beer too. So if there's yeah. chunks of stuff floating around, no, not, we should yeah. probably have described that it is it is a it is a traditional gold, which you might think of as like a it, it looks like a Budweiser. regular American beer, Budweiser beer, right. much tastier, right. but crystal clear right. and fortunately very cold and effervescent. Yeah, oh yeah, got, lots yeah, yeah. of bubbles. Yeah, yeah. What's your jug have on in there? Uh, that's the, sticker. just my sticker. So I haven't gotten any of the etched ones yet, but yeah. Um, oh, you want a hat? I've said that to these guys many times, you know, and it, uh, it doesn't mean to undermine my compliment to how wonderful your beer is. <laughs> um, but my top three favorite beers right. are um, open, cold, and <laughs> other people's, not necessarily in that order. So if they're free on there as well. That's right. right. <laughs> that's where the other people <laughs> comes in. Right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Yes, you have hit our favorite price points. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Again, all all the friends I've had for years that've been coming into the garage to drink free beer, they tell me how much they're going to patronize the place, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've only actually had one beer that I truly did not like, and uh, I happened to roll by the Class Six when I was stationed on Fort Campbell, and they had their sidewalk sale going on. All right, and there was a daggum pallet of this beer. I don't remember what it was sitting out there, but there were twenty four packs for like eight bucks. I was like, oh, I'll buy. <laughs> two of those and it was it was a craft beer right because uh, everything when right. they had that sidewalk sale everything was on steep sale out there right, right. i just showed up at the end of the day there's anything left <laughs> i bought two 24 packs of that took it home cracked one open and i said yep that's why it's still there yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm probably sitting outside on a pallet didn't help it much either <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't pay my friends to drink that stuff. It was terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's no counting for taste, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> so, so what? Else, what else you got for? Us? All right, Let's um, do a list here. Well, so what we have left now is the four other. So we have the uh, blonde ale. So it's a lightly dry hopped blonde ale. Um, I have a Dunkelweizen, which is a dark German wheat beer. Um, a Kolsch, which is a German ale, which also tastes a lot like a lager. That's kind of the the beauty of it. And then I have another light tasting beer um, that is a jalapeno cream ale. Oh, you know what? Let's go with the jalapeno. You want to go Halloween? All right. Yeah, let's we'll, go with we'll this. Let's do it. Right, let's do it. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this 
Is it actually? I mean, you can taste the spice in it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm really so looking forward I, to this. So obviously, these, this one's gonna have a little bit of the spice. Yeah. This has real you jalapeno get, get from out of my garden. Like I ferment Ooh. with it, and then I condition with jalapeno. Actually, you in get the beer a, uh, a a real cream flavor out of it. So cr- yeah, so that's the cream ale. Is the again nomenclature kind of throws a lot of people off. So a cream ale really means um, a beer that well, I shouldn't say means, but according to the BJCP, it's a beer made with a certain amount of corn or rice. Okay. So it adds a kind of a creamy texture, not creamy like in a sweetened sugar thing, but like a, you know, not a smoothie, but is there's a slight hint of cream corniness to it. What is BJCP? That, that's, that's pretty good. Beer that's judges a certification program. So it's basically oh, wow. the people in the world that want to put everything in, in, Man, in that boxes. Good. Yeah. You really don't listen. You get, I, a, a flavor without a spice and there is that like a hint of cream it's sweet all at the same time right. Right. i don't know if i'm describing this right but i feel like i just took a bite of a fat greasy hamburger with a bunch of jalapenos on it and it oh dude. it's got that well it's so, <laughs> that is not what i get at all <laughs> no. but I, okay no. I mean, it's amazing though. i love now, it i'll tell you i'll tell you i understand exactly what you're talking about because the heat you're getting off of the beer from the jalapeno you can taste the jalapeno. You yeah. can slightly feel the heat of the jalapeno. Slightly, yeah, but it's, slight. There's it's not almost a lot like of heat. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a really good caramelized jalapeno. That's yes. the type of heat you're getting from. That's that's, yeah. that's yeah. a good, that's a that's a great descriptor, actually. Yeah, I like that. Um, the you, problem with working with vegetables, though, is is kind of like anything else. Like if I don't actually grow the exact same jalapeno every batch out of the back, so I can't know. Do I need six? Do I need 10? Do I need so that yeah. the experimental part of that? I don't have any way to say the heat of this one is exactly the same. So someone says, how many jalapenos you throw in there? I'm like, well, normally six, but or maybe it's 10. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just being honest. So, that kind of kills my idea that you could take some people that really love that jalapeno taste. And you could have like the triple jalapeno. Well, cream no, I think that you could do. Yeah, obviously, the more I added. But again, like we talked, um, you know, I want to be able to offer this to just about everybody not just those that love super hot and i don't know that you would ever get the same heat as you would out of a dried i mean because again i mean when we're cutting these up i would taste you know take one slice and i taste it i was like yeah it's burning that that's hot you know but (laughs) by the time it's fermented out and and what's called a biotransformation when we did it while it's at high crossing which is when the beer is still fermenting and doing the yeast is doing its thing throw some more uh, jalapenos in there too to try to get the yeast to work in conjunction with that jalapeno to kind of throw off a different flavor so um just we're still experimenting with this beer but uh we've gotten a lot of uh positive feedback on it so so if i had to pair this with anything yeah. it would it would be like you said the a bu- barbecue yeah a burger. yeah a i burger. see that not barbecue a burger it would go good with a burger because it's yeah. great it's still a light drinking beer so it's yeah. like you could i mean I'm not gonna lie. We've put down some pints in a row of this, and you know, yeah. <laughs> but it, it'd go good with grilled chicken. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying like pulled pork and barbecue sauce yeah. barbecue, but like I kind of, I kind of like the idea, idea of fish tacos or something. I don't Ooh, know why, but when yeah. I eat fish tacos with drinking this bad boy, so but, yeah, that, that's that's good. It's definitely different. No, it's and different. You don't get a lot of beer. There's a little bit of a spice to it, and you kind of feel a little heat off of it. Mm. Kind of more in the back of the throat. If you let yeah. sit there, like get that peppery thing yeah. tingle yeah. going on in the back yeah. of the throat. That's about as far as you want to go. You don't want it coating the tongue and burning someone's tongue because then they're not going to want to. They're not going to want to take another sip. So you got to want. They don't want to wanna drink back. the flight and then order a pint. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> not if Nobody, you made it that hot, but yeah, it does build. Like the first taste, the first sip, you're like, oh look, there's pepper there. And then as you keep drinking it, you're like there's more and there is more yeah. pepper, yeah. but it doesn't. 
not to scare people off, it, it caps out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It caps out at a very pleasant place. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, and again, that's part of the, the idea with the grains. We don't add any lactose or any kind of sugar to it to sweeten it at all. It's um, a honey malt, actually, that I add a little bit of that to kind of give that uh, that perceived sweetness to it. And the corn as well. There's corn, I mean, actual flake maize in it. So um, between those two combinations, I think grain-wise, it kind of, you know, you could kind of play with that and see what, you know, if you wanted to bring out more heat, but... Um, but I'm with you. I actually make a tincture for myself. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take a bunch of them and I'll make a little um, jalapeno tincture and I'll spice mine up a little bit if I want to. I guess I could. <laughs> I could I'm saying that now. I should have brought it so y'all could have spiced up your beer. But I was going to say, you know, like <clears throat> working in construction on a lot of the guys that like if, if we ever drank with them after work, yeah. they were all Hispanics and they would always salt their beers yeah for sure like that's a beer that would go really that's, good that's salty. actually you know it's interesting you say that so i didn't want to go on this much but like water profile for different kinds of beer mean a lot so in the water that this is mashed and fermented with um i do put a little bit higher level of sodium on it to try to bring that up because just like with cooking when you add that salt flavor to it you're bringing out some of those yeah. flavors a little yeah. bit more so this beer i definitely add a little bit more um table salt than I would normally a, a, a different style of beer. So yeah, I suppose you're probably gonna hate me for this, but you could yeah. you could drop a little squeeze of lime in there. No, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Wouldn't hurt at all. Nope. I do actually yeah. a lime cerveza where we kind of would mix the two together, like do a half pour. You know, just doing an actual blended beer, and it's not a bad thing, man. Not a bad thing Pass at all. That jalapeno beer back. Yeah, yeah. Drink it up. <laughs> well, before we start breaking out three and four beers, you should ask a couple <laughs> other questions. Otherwise, the, the the podcast is gonna get slurry. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so. We do a lot of outdoor stuff and kind yeah. of phrase the question, like, what do you do to work up a thirst in the outdoors? What are your passions? Yeah. Um, so f- outdoors wise, I'm, I love being outdoors. Um, um, I, like I said, we, the the whole naming is we live near the Little Wakaiba River. We do a lot of kayaking and swimming and fishing out there. Um, that's a lot of fun. And, and I've been a outdoor runner for a long time, do a lot of trail running and that sort of thing. But um, my absolute passion and the outdoors world is uh, surfing and pretty much just being in the ocean in general. So even though we're a little landlocked, but uh, surfing ever since I've been a young tyke has always been my, uh, my absolute passion. Sur- yeah. Surfing is something that uh, I just never could quite figure out. <laughs> I, can, I can boogie board like a fool. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's part of, that's part of the environment. Um, now you, you'd have to edit that out. But uh, so there's like, you know, the, the idea of, of, boogie boarding and surfing and just you know you know um uh, even body surfing it's i think there's a shared kindred thing just being out in the ocean and stuff you know just like this last week we had a big swell and a lot of the bait fish were getting pushed in there were sharks and rays everywhere a little bit you know disconcerting but like for the most part we were like no this is cool man like you know this is nature until the you know to you know a seven foot tarpon jumps out of the water and then the big old eight <laughs> yeah. foot bull shark takes off behind him you're like okay well so, maybe i've had too much nature for the <laughs> <laughs> so it, you you brought the up the sharks i mean yeah. what is it like to surf and a lot of people don't realize like, where do you surf at new smyrna is okay. my main okay. surf. Yeah. <laughs> the shark bite capital beach right. of the world right right new right. smyrna yeah, beach yeah yeah uh, no i mean uh it's like anything else. You don't put yourself in harm's way like an idiot. You know, like, again, I just talk about the bait ball. But if the bait ball came upon us and was forced us, we would we would get out. I mean, I have video footage of a giant bait ball that worked itself from the inlet south towards the beach. 
and it's the funniest video you could watch it just the pan the video pans and you can literally see surfers bailing by the dozens because this bait ball just had who knows how many sharks and stuff in it so if you don't put yourself if you see bait fish in large droves a giant bait ball don't go paddle out there because you're asking for it but by and large i i think it's a testament to sharks that if they wanted to bite us and eat us all the time and even in the all the accidents that happen I mean, the, the numbers are so low. I mean, you're talking about 20, 30 on the high years versus how many bodies hit that water every single day. Oh, yeah. Floor. So yeah, they're so always out there. Always yeah. out there. You know, yeah, I think always. I tell you this. I now know as an adult that New Smyrna Beach is has the highest shark bites in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. Never knew that as a kid. No. <laughs> but and, right. and now, right. I mean, I take my kids out there. We go swim in the yeah. ocean. I yeah. surf fish. Yeah. And, but yeah. it's not something that even now, knowing that information, sure. I'm sure. even remotely concerned about. Yeah. I'm more concerned about creepy people on the beach than they are wow. about sharks in the water. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I think that's absolutely fair, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's, yeah. I mean, I it's kind of silly, though, and it may be just because I'm not as, as um, river savvy as I am ocean savvy. Well, I don't know if I'm ocean savvy, but a little more experience in the ocean. But if I see a fairly sized, ga- fairly good sized gator in my little one man kayak, I'm a little nervous for a minute. Like I don't, <laughs> I know by, by and large, he's not, he doesn't care about me, but I'm just like, there's not a lot I could do about him right now. If he chose to do <laughs> well, it's, something. It's, it's with any, any wildlife whatsoever. It's just a matter of respect. Sure. Absolutely. I think a lot of that comes with like being a Florida native as well. Cause Florida is so diverse. Hmm. That, you know, just growing up, you learn to have a different respect for those animals. That, sure. You know, you're you're not scared of them, right? But you respect them absolutely for what they are. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy the passions that I do if I was that you know paranoid, you know, yeah. petrified to go out amongst them. But yeah, definitely, definitely a healthy dose of respect for them for sure. That's what I, having like. You know, getting older and meeting a lot of people that are like have recently moved to Florida, mm. and they're like, "Oh, I would never swim in that water. The color of sweet tea. You can't see the bottom." I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so? "I mean, you just got it." Yeah. <laughs> even the crystals, even the springs aren't always that clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, just got to respect them. There's something about being a Floridian that you do figure out pretty quick. Like, you don't. We don't really worry about alligators or sharks, or but there's snakes. things that you just. You, There's you just figure out real fast. You don't do like you don't go out and swim in the middle of a bait ball yeah. in cloudy water, or you know. And I don't mean to pick on anybody, but you hear about a lot of times alligator attacks on tourists, and it's, and one that was terrible is like, wait, you let your kid go out and play in the shallow water near the mangroves at sunset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unsupervised, and you hear about a kid getting bit. Where no Florida in their right mind is going to send their kids out of the mangroves right around sunset in the spring. Like something's so, going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, or in the Cypress, I should say, not mangroves. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. No, I mean, we used to ski on this one lake and we'd always do it right at sunset and everyone drop each other in the reeds just to see who was tougher and could hang out longer till the boat circled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is a dumb game. Why are we doing this? So I'll, I'll clarify. I, well, I'll see if you guys agree with me as, as Floridians that for our listeners outside the state of Florida, uh, a gator uh, four feet or less is a baby. Yes. Uh, yeah. Four to six feet is Small. elite your dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Seven to eight feet is, that's a decent gator. Eight to 10 feet is, that's a pretty big gator. Over 10 feet is... That's a, a monster. Big, that's Good a monster. Good luck, Gator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. you get into them, them 11 and 12 footers, you're like, 
that that's one I want to put on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were chasing one this year, and, and kid that actually knew from scouts. We knew we were on a good sized gator. We didn't know how big. It was right at that. You know, it's just coming. Yeah. The sun's just coming up, and Manning's like, "It's right over there." And I looked over that, and I saw what looked. I was like, "That's ah, too big to be a gator." And then it started swimming, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> 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 like, like, we're gonna, you know, like the job. We're gonna need a bigger boat." <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so no, those are the crazy ones. You're like, "There's no way." I see a head of a gator, but there's no way that must be a tree over there. That's not his backside. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, this is just the head. I was like, "That's too big to be a gator." Oh my god. <laughs> I think the biggest one I've ever seen. I was in a, a 16 foot Carolina skiff, and I, at that, I was I, I rolled up past this gator that was eyeballing a horse on the bank, and he was every bit. I bet he was, he was 12 feet plus. When I saw that gator, I said, "Man, that's <laughs> that's a big gator. Yep. That, that's a dinosaur. That was been yeah. there a while. You don't tell him no." Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna take it back to surfing for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Because I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I've ever met somebody that's into surfing. That's I surf sometimes. Yeah. They're oh, oh I got yeah, yeah. No. Well, they're surfers. What do you think it is making them so yeah. passionate about the activity? Uh, you know that I don't know. It might. You know, it probably. I think it likens itself to, in all honesty, without being a hunter, probably something along that. Just that passion, the time that's involved doing it, you know what I mean? And maybe not just hunting, but fishing, any, any outdoor activity, but like you can't, you can't replicate that anywhere else. I mean, they, you know, they've made wave pools now and stuff, but like I said, being out in the actual ocean, the feel, the, the power of the surge of the energy of the ocean and that sort of thing. And take away the, the cool, you know, I'm going to get all the girls cause I'm a cool surfer guy type of thing. But you know, <laughs> but the reality is, is like, if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to go out, you're not going to paddle out, uh, Ireland. I love to surf in Ireland, man. It's gets cold there, but I just, I'll find a little alcove where I'm the only person out there surfing. There's not a person around in the world, sheep up on the headlands and just these perfect little four or five foot waves are just peeling in. I don't know, like absolute connection with, with nature. Like I can't even, I literally can't describe it, but just like, that's just, like I said, when you talk about when you're out, when you're out hunting and you're just kind of trekking through, you're like, why well, I would never be out here. Otherwise when yeah. this passion of a hunt, same thing with me and surfing, I could be out in just even a blustery day. It could be a January day in New Smyrna beach. And it's just how nor'easter coming in. And you're like, I just really wanted to get a surf in today. And I don't know why I'm out here, but I feel drawn to be out here. And it's kind of like the bumper sticker, right? Like a good day of surf is better. And I mean, a bad day of surf is better than a good day at work. And it's totally true because it's like, Regardless, I I still am, am kind of pursuing my passion. So I, I know I didn't answer it, but no, you did. It's hard to, it's remember, hard to explain. No, I, I think I do. It's one of those things that maybe, and even if you really could figure it out, maybe you wouldn't do it anymore because it would ruin it. Um, I only yeah, do we it do as a lot of things. My wife that, lets me. Yeah, we do a lot of things. <laughs> and we sometimes talk about amongst each other about why do you do it that way? Yeah. You know? like, I don't know, man. It just makes me feel good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a selfish indulgence that you know I don't have to surf to help my family. I don't have to surf to help my community. I don't have to, surf, but I have to surf to maybe be a better person because that passion and that being be able to have that outlet in life makes life in addition to my other wonderful things and, and blessings in life. That's like one of the things I'm like, keeps you going and like, I absolutely need to do. Yeah. Mm. You know, something that when you talked about that, that connection you make with surfing and you kind of connected it to how we feel about hunting, mm something that clicked in my mind and something, I, I don't know why it's never registered to me before, but I've been out on New Smyrna beach at sunrise in order to fish. And there's two people at sunrise at New Smyrna beach, fishermen 
and surfers. That's about right. That's it. That's, that's all that's there. That's Everybody, it. the tourists show up at ten o'clock. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, but you get that that serenity and the peacefulness that is the ocean, the crashing of the waves, yeah. without the hustle and bustle of all of everybody being there first thing in the morning, and it truly is just magnificent, yeah. peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, the power behind the tide that you witness as a sole person or an individual when you get out there by yourself first thing in the morning is is just something else to yeah something yep. else to see. Yep, I agree, hundred percent. So, how is um, <clears throat> excuse me, with these passions, you and I are we've we've crossed through the younger ages of life. I don't exactly know where <laughs> we are. <clears throat> We're just not young anymore. Uh, Jordan's walking around on a cane. I just want to throw that out. <laughs> well, that's my fault. That's I was not referring to Chris. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How has some seasoning affected, like, how you look at the water, look at your passions? Do you, are you genuinely more appreciative? Have things, sl- when I say slow down, I mean, like, you mean you may have slowed down. I don't know. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where it's just, you find, you know, at one point you're just ripping and then, now all of a sudden you're just is that there for you surfing as well yeah i mean yeah totally so um yeah i mean yeah what the what what happened i can give a quick sure breakdown man. of it yeah so about four years ago just a just a couple a month a month and four years ago uh, i was out training for a marathon and i had a heart attack and um if it wasn't for uh the blessings of these two gentlemen that were riding their bikes on the trail that day and it actually was a non-busy trail day because it was a friday um, they gave me CPR long enough to, uh, let the rescuers come and stick me on a helicopter and fly me to, to, um, um, trauma one and get me uh, resuscitated and going. But, um, yeah, I was all tense purposes. I was dead for eight minutes and these guys kept me alive till wow. someone could get to it. Um, and they went through the whole thing of, I had to have stents put in, I was in a, you know, drug induced coma for four days and all this kind of thing. And even, even, um, um, you know, even they had even told my wife, they're like, well, even if even if he survives this physically, we don't know what his mental state's going to be because he was without oxygen for a long time and all the trauma to his body. And they said the prognosis is, you know, is not good. So um, anyway, with all that being said, yes, to, to get to there was a period of time where like when I was first recovering, because your body physiologically goes through a lot of changes and I couldn't go surfing for a while. Obviously, I couldn't because I had a, a defibrillator an exterior one so i couldn't go in the water but so that was that took me out of the surf for a little bit but then when i could get back in my body had changed so much partly because i was an, i was 46 at the time which is young for a heart attack but old for people and then uh and then so i just didn't recover as fast as i had expected so yeah to your point i the surfing wasn't there a lot of physical activities the running wasn't there and i felt a little dejected like oh this is it i can't do any of this some more but again, the, the passion to want to do it got me back into being able to do it. And I kind of, you know, just kind of grinded it through it, even though I would, you know, you know, there'd be like days I couldn't even push myself off, off the surfboard and stand up. And I was like, well, this is such a rudimentary fundamental thing. And I can't even do that, but it's like anything else. You, you work at it and you try at it. And like I said, the absolute passion to want to get back and get that feeling again, um, kept me going. So, um, yeah, not to get too heavy on that. But yeah. no, I, mean, I think that was what, it's I thought that's what you were getting at. So I, I really <laughs> wasn't, but I'm glad you shared that because that, that's really personal. And yeah. and thank you for sharing that. And if I can give you a compliment, because I've known you through the whole thing. Yeah. And when it happened, <clears throat> you, briefly, you know, if somebody said Chris kind of had a heart attack, it, what? Because like of all the dudes I knew, like you were like at the bottom of the list. So then, of course, you're scared because you know heart attacks 
it's a heart attack. And so they say it's serious as a heart attack. <laughs> and I'm probably missing this, but it seemed like two weeks later, maybe slightly longer, like you're back. And yeah, I remember thinking like, wow, how's it going to be different? I go over and you weren't. I mean, it was, I mean, you'd been through the thing and I yeah. didn't want to belabor the subject like, hey man, you had a heart attack. And you went through a quick summary and it was like, man, if I have a heart attack, I want to have that one. <laughs> and then um, it's interesting because now that we've we've talked about some of this stuff, but if I'm, maybe I'm picking up too much of the podcast, too much of the podcast, complimenting you. Some of these little struggles that you had that you had about maybe not being able to pop up as much, man, your attitude towards life and everything else that's just not apparent to people that are around. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. And I think you're if I can wax poetically <laughs> for slightly longer. <laughs> To anyone that has an illness or maybe has that setback, I think that you are walking evidence that mindset. Because after after that, and you and I have both had different heart related issues, we're still out there ripping fifty milers with kids. We're taking them down to the yeah. keys. Totally. <laughs> yeah. After working in the hot sun for several hours, we told the park <laughs> rangers like, "Yeah, you know, like three months ago, I had AFib surgery, and Chris had a heart attack." And they were like. Well, look at that! It's time to get back in the boat, right? But we just never let yeah. it slow down. Don't, but don't, you're well. All those, all those silly parents, those twelve boys, their parents let them go on a trip with you and me. So that's on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh Pretty sure that. And then, and then Jim found his way out of it with his Eagle Scouts finishing up, and then he decides to try and come keep up with us. That's it. Oh, that's, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It's 2.0 for him. He's he's hardcore. So I feel I can't help but like think through this that like him getting back into it was essentially him kind of being in an r3 aspect he was reactivating himself yeah like he had such a passion for it then i feel like it's got to make your passion even stronger to, to have gone through that and then still successfully be doing it now no you're 100 percent right like i like i was kind of mentioning ireland um it's kind of funny like if you had asked my wife initially oh can chris go surfing in the headlands of somewhere in west ireland by himself she was like nope and i think my cardiologist would agree that's a bad idea but <laughs> but she knows like we'll go over there and we like once we went for a week just the two of us and, and you know we're just kind of having a lay day and just hanging about and i was like hey if i go for a surf for a little bit and she let me go on her own she just wanted to enjoy a lazy you know and that's kind of the she knows that that's the passion matter of fact um now that we're talking about it when she asked the doctor this is this is 100 percent true she said, um, when he was asking, do you have any questions about his recovery? She said, yes, one, will he be able to surf again? And he said, I see no reason. My objective is to get him back to living the life he was before. She's like, good. Does that mean he can also drink beer? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he paused on that one for a moment. And uh, I think he was kind of like, how much beer? So, um, <laughs> and in fairness to him, he's a good man, but I don't think he knows how much beer I can actually drink. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't hear this. One. <laughs> no, I, maybe, let's hope not. Let's no, I mean nobody would ever know that you you had that. And I, I wasn't. That's not where I was going. With my no. question. I'm glad you shared it because yeah. it does allow to say that. Um, and I think we have had that conversation that when those things happen to you, you got to make a decision at that point, man. You're going to get busy living, or you're going to get busy dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clearly, the option one is a better choice. Well, if you had asked me four years ago, hey, do you want to open a brewery? I'd have been like, no, dude, that's dumb. Like I, I, I got, you know, I got other things got to do and da, 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 you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I think that has to try to tie all this all together. I think that has something to do with it as well. And again, my business partner is my father, you know what I mean? And I think he loved, he loved the idea of 
us we he's a it retired it professional mm-hmm. and i'm semi still slogging it out but like we kind of joked about doing things together and i was like yeah dad i don't know about that it's probably a bad idea whatever but when he said let's start a brewery and i'm i think i'm quoting an article here but like i'm like yeah let's let's do that like it didn't take it i was like that would be awesome like you and i love hanging out and brewing beer and talking about beer and that sort of thing so um i think he also enjoyed the fact that his son was still around that we could do this so there's there's a lot of we could get really, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dude, but I think like, it's but, great that you used to hang out with your dad. Yeah. I hope my kids are. <laughs> well, I, that's, I, yeah, I know my kids probably don't think I'm that cool. And I always tell, tell the guys, oh, well, my dad will be there. And everybody's like, yeah, dude, your dad's really cool. So don't worry about that. Matter <laughs> of fact, matter of fact, when the brewery opens, there's going to be a, uh, a gray gentleman bearded who's going to be ch- talking you up about beer. That's more than likely him. So I look, I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't All know. Right. So have we paused long enough? We could have more beer now. I said yeah, we, we kept yeah. bringing up beer, bringing up <laughs> beer, and we've only made it halfway through the beer. We brought, <laughs> so so we're yeah. let's, let's get in that German wheat one. All right. So this is the Dunkelweiss, and this is a, uh, a dark German wheat beer. Ooh. Um, well, I should say, technically, I need to say German style because we're not actually in germany so um but uh it's gonna have some of those flavors that you get from wheat beers and i'll just pass it on down let you guys i'll say this one seems to have a little bit more of a head on it from what i've seen from the other beers well partly uh the way i poured it but yeah traditionally wheat beers will because of the wheat in the beer adds a little bit of that head retention and makes them the other ones we were drinking were very light they don't lend themselves to to be to high have high um um, head retention so therefore when when you kind of pour them kind of like any kind of light beer there's just a little frothy little bit of head but the the wheat really helps bring out that those that carbonation and that head retention so the body that's the it, way i was looking for what what makes this beer this beer and, and i we got we got into it off the air a little mm. bit and i was trying to save it for for while we were recording and we talked a little bit about the history yeah that of how this beer became in, right. in Germany, right? And and I know we talk, I can't remember the name of the law, but right. the, the, the German law that the, you know, the if you Reinheitsgebot, yes, yeah, that. the German purity laws, um, as it relates just to beer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, I tell, what YouTube channel are you watching? <laughs> everybody's mind went there. I you do, just said I it. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying those. Germans, they're knuckleheads. Anyway, um, so what that basically means is you can only have, uh, and I'm probably mm. quoting this incorrect, but it's can only that means a beer can only contain water, hops, um, grain, and yeast. Those that's the only things that can be put in this beer. So like an American American lager that has like corn or rice mm. or whatever like that, or you can't add sugar and you can't add eucalyptus leaves or whatever. You know, it's very specific. Um, in that German style, there's, there's no jalapenos in the no jalapeno. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. That's a that's a different deal. Verboten, verboten, indeed. Yeah. So, so, so this, yeah, this beer consists only of those four ingredients. So, and you try to you try to get the different flavor. So, you know, it kind of pour, you pour it, and you're kind of thinking, oh man, is this like a porter or a brown ale? And so, I don't know what you guys what you guys think. It, 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 it does look a little bit like a brown ale, but. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't it definitely taste does. like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it's not a um, it's not an English brown ale at all. So. It, it doesn't even it doesn't even really. It's have really that good. Light. That tastes strong. I want to say this well, is pro- actually this one is uh, five point eight ABV. So again, just under six, so not even that strong. So I think all these guys, that's minus the Kolsch is underneath the six percent. 
Kolsch is a smidge over six. You're, you're saving the Kolsch for last. We'll save the Kolsch yeah. for last. Although it doesn't drink like a 6%. So. Mm. But yeah, that from a flavor, compared to everything I brought, I kind of brought a, a bunch of lighter, fair beers. But this one's a little more complex in the flavors. Yeah, it, with that definitely. little bit, just a light bit of roast, maybe. Um, you got that wheat. You don't, you don't really get... It's that, not like a stout or yeah, anything, you but don't it's get that almost coffee flavor. No, no, but it's yeah, coffee. It's not quite coffee, but, but it's short of it. Yeah, it it's it. a little sweet. I would say it was a lot sweeter than that, but yeah, definitely, I, you definitely get a little bit of that roast to it. I got sure. kind of a like an oaky note, it, almost yeah. like it would go really good with smoked Ooh, meat. I didn't even think about that, but maybe yeah, I like that. Yeah, there's definitely a pronounced grain taste. Yes. Well, it's, Not it's unpleasant. Green. more more than yeah. more than fifty percent wheat. So there's this is not barley. This is majority of this is wheat in here versus versus barley, which most of your beers consist of. Are, are you going to produce a beer that I don't like? Well, <laughs> I, and so far, like you're like you have to choose one. And, uh, well, we could get you a rotating keg. It's all. I was going to say it's all quick. How quick you all drink it and you, send me an email. Do you brew, brew some porters and stouts? I do. I do. Actually, my porter is, is uh, again, my business partner and father, his favorite beer. We named it Papa's Porter because that's his absolute Almost favorite beer. Brought the, after yeah. tasting this one, I, I did. Brought that. I did. We just we just took it offline, and I oh, have okay. it sitting there, but I could have hooked it back up, but um, maybe I'll send uh, Jim a Send up, send them with a uh, growler for you guys to try your next podcast. So. Yeah, I mean these these beers, they're it's it, I, it's not that one has been better than the one before, the one before, the yeah. one before. They're just all absolutely excellent. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys, man. That's so awesome. thanks. You might be uh, the most common guest back on the podcast. Like, this is the <laughs> we're gonna start using like you really want to come to our podcast because we're bringing Chris back in. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you, we kind of talked about craft beer a little yeah. bit. We're off the air a second ago, and yeah, uh, the way it, it I, I, I don't know why so many people get okay. So I kind of understand the uh, the air around the craft beer mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I look at craft beer as is very akin to moonshine. It's it's a home brew. Somebody concocted it in the garage, and, and they made it at the house, and that. that to me, that's what it's. It, it's that. It's that small batch. That small batch brew. The. the it's. It's different. There's a labor of love else. into it. Yeah. There's a passion in it. You know. Yeah. Right. Somebody that really loves beer. That you don't. You don't get this flavor from. You know. Coors or. I can't walk Bud down there to the gas station yeah. and buy that flavor. Right. No. 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 But you know, if I can draw a parallelism, <clears throat> we've met guys that love fly fishing, and then we've also met people that identify themselves as a fly fisherman. Everyone yeah. that is, everyone that doesn't do it the way they do it is beneath them, yeah. right? So you, you can run the same thing in every culture, right? Where there's <clears throat> there's just there's my way to do it, and everything else is is inferior. But you know if that's what you guys are getting to with some of the, you know, you've mentioned the man bun craft brewer, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah we, <laughs> we've got them over here too. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think to both points, I think, um, yeah, the, to the. You're not going to get from the macro beers, and I, that's what's made the craft beer industry. And again, I, I can we we've talked about we're all Floridians, and and I I would say it's fairly evident that it craft beer has taken a long time to get here. Now it's entrenched, and there's some really big there's Cigar City and in in Bold City and some really big awesome you know world class breweries here now. Um, but 
the craft beer revolution been going on wet. You know, you talk to some guys are like, yeah, no, back in the late eighties in California or Oregon, you know what I mean? I used to go visit a buddy in the early two thousands out in Bend, Oregon. And he would turn me on to these beers and every beer just blew my mind. I'm like, what are we drinking? What is, you know, <laughs> for the good and for the bad, you know? And I was just like, totally wow. Like, what is all He's like, yeah, dude, this is just the kind of beer they have out here. And even he didn't know cause he was a Floridian that had moved out there and he's like, what's going on here. But I think that's the really cool thing about the culture is it's kind of ingrained over there. And I think they kind of take ownership of it. Um, and it's fair. They kind of got it started over there, but like all over the country now, like, I think it's that, it's that kind of that mentality of, again, to what we're saying about little kind of brewery. Why I thought at one time I was like, it's going to max out there's too many breweries already. And depending on who you talk to, there might already be, but the breweries that are just trying to take all the distribution shelf on the, uh, or take all the distribution space on the shelf, like in your Publix or Winn-Dixie or whatever, that's not what we're trying to do. Our objective is to be a neighborhood brewery where someone can come down. Yeah. You live within a five square radius of our place. We're going to be your local hangout that you want to come down and get a Duncan Bison or a Kolsch yeah. or, a, or, a, or a craft made lager or something like that. So I think that can exist because bars and pubs and sports bars exist everywhere. They're existing. They're, no one put a, a, a cap, you know, cap on that saying, oh, that's too many now. We have too many. But for some reason, everyone kind of thought that way about the breweries as well as, as I did. But if your target is to feed a smaller audience and just kind of be this small crafty thing, I think that I think a lot more can exist in the world. I think it, it actually would make it cooler that we get back to, to local restaurants local bars local breweries rather than the big you know chains and that sort of thing so yeah, you know, there was a the part of me google ruined yeah you know there, <laughs> there used to be like like especially like in the forest and stuff yeah there was local swimming holes that not a whole lot of people knew about yeah. unless you was from here you didn't know about sure, it sure sure yeah absolutely. you know and then google ruined all that and now everybody shows up there <laughs> <laughs> kind of like surf spots yeah well hopefully yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that google ruins my brewery behind yeah. everybody <laughs> <laughs> i'll say that'd be a good thing for you but you know for the longest time i thought that like craft beer had to be one of those beers it was just like bougie ungodly weird flavored you know well, <laughs> like I, you go somewhere to a craft brew and you're like this is terrible i yeah so i mean i think i think for the art of it and the craft of it i i get it and and that's not to say i i, I don't try to make something interesting and try interesting ingredients but i think i get what you're saying and, and again from the art form of it you're like all right this has been done we know what this ingredients put together with these processes will create what else is out there and you can't really blame people for that i think the problem maybe has been to a certain degree where all certain breweries felt that they have to keep doing that and they can't get they kind of can't get back to where people are like well i just like that kind of beer so sorry we've already moved on your palate needs to follow us yeah. versus just tell us what you like yeah. and again i think that's not a criticism of the big brewers because i think they're trying to chase trends they've got bigger margins they've got to look at and stuff whereas me i'm more i will actually be able to listen to someone jim comes and says chris man we really like that beer you have what you haven't had on draft for a while you and several other people start to say that i'll put that beer right back on tap you know what i mean so that's the beauty of being a little a little place i can i i'm just going to be there for my my patrons i mean that's yeah, yeah. that's why i will exist so. i think that's awesome you know and when people knock the other beers you got to remember that for a lot of even the biggest craft breweries places like 
Miller spill more beer every day than those guys are going to brew all year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. That, that that's Loss, actually like yeah, losses are yeah massive for those guys. Yeah, but um, so there's nothing wrong with it. And no, kind of going back to everything we're saying. Like, yeah. There's absolutely nothing wrong with just saying I like Bush Light. Yeah, no, no. I they, mean, I like Bush Light too, but you know, there's nothing wrong with a good breakfast out every once in a while. You know, <laughs> well, I, I think I like this better. <laughs> but, no, no, a lot better. No, listen, I. I I definitely also agree with that. I, I see a Miller Lite sitting over there across the table. I'll sit there and drink a Miller Lite with you all day long. And one of my favorite things to drink in the world is Corona Light. Like <laughs> people just like what? But like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can't. It's it's the, it's uh, the variety of life, man. I just you know just because so, the twelve taps that are in my tap tap room aren't going to be the only beers that I would ever and you should never ever want. And that's why I'd encourage you to go to other breweries and other places where they got craft beer. And is the Corona light just the surfer in you or I think it is actually <laughs> worse than that is probably, um, Imperial, which is the Costa Rican beer, oh, which yeah. tastes amazing in Costa Rica. <laughs> it doesn't taste the same in the backyard in my pools. <laughs> Something about crossing the date line. Yeah. Something yeah. about actually, it. Something there's another, yeah. Uh, quick little beer fact for you that's actually how ipa was made it's for uh, indian pale ale yes that's correct when it was the british correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were packing it to india it would spoil mm-hmm. so they stuffed the barrels full of hops yep to yep. make it last longer yeah uh, hops are a natural preservative so yeah that's that's why they did now there's some uh there's some argument as to whether how is it was were those beers as hoppy as the Americans have now made it, and if if I feel like I know our culture, then we've gone bigger and oh, yeah. than they did. But <laughs> but um, yeah, there's something to be said. They were much like if you had had a, a pale ale in in a tavern in London, and then they were like, hey, send that to India where I'm being where I'm living or yeah. colonizing. They're like, yeah, we'll get it to you there, but we got to pack it with hops because it's going to taste sour by the time it gets there. So, yeah, that's that's the theory. And a lot of people agree that that's the history of, yeah. of how that came to be. Well, so, like I said, the Americans got wind of that. They're like, hey, we can just chuck a bunch of hops in this and call it an IPA. Cover up anything. And there yeah. we go. There we go. But if you dig deeper into that, that shows the importance of beer to a culture. Yes. you're Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that they Absolutely. would go that route. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, again, it's... um. You know, it's it's like, yeah, absolutely, because that's you want to take some of that culture with you, right? We all, you know, get a little homesick, and you're like, oh well, I'm sure they had the resources to brew the beer there, but they're like, no, it's just the springs. Our beer, not the same. No, it's yeah. not our yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe akin to that um, imperial story, though, that maybe some beers need to stay in their local region, yeah. and not travel the globe. And then you know, to that fact of you know, beer and being able to find your local beer, yeah. When I was in the army, I was stationed in Kansas. Being from Florida, we drank Yingling every once in a while. Yeah. Could not find it in Kansas. I don't right? know what it yeah. is about that. I think west of the Mississippi thing. Maybe. And it, they didn't have Yingling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't there. Well, there's um, there's a brewery in uh, Oregon in, in, to talk about the, the um, big breweries. But um, Deschutes Brewery is huge out there, and, and they make really, really good beer. I mean, they really do. Unfortunately, Florida is one of the last bastions to not get distribution in there. I don't know why, but um, in case you're a big Deschutes fan, um, or if you ever have Deschutes beer and you're like, man, yeah, we can't get it. Chris said, I'm, I'm doing my best to copy all those recipes. So you, <laughs> 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 you know, for those of you who want to kind of dive into this, we were talking about the history of beer and, and, and how Indy Pale Oil came along. There's a book out there called The History of the World in Six Classes by Tom Standage. And believe it or not, my son 
had to read that for his AP history class. I think when he was a junior or whatever, and I picked it up and started reading it. It was totally fascinating about that in the history of beer, it was, it was literally a staple, a caloric staple. And people, <clears throat> the the Egyptians especially would, would pay people in beer because when you think about spoilage and everything else, yeah. how beer was, you're talking about hops being a preservative. Well, right, beer right. was just a preservative because the grain would get eaten by rats and mice and right. just rot anyway. Right, right. And that might actually be where beer came from. Yeah. Was it some of it got wet? Yeah, no. Right. The yeah, the idea is that um, it would allow people to actually consume uh, non-potable water because by the time you added the Bingo. grains to it and fermented it, now you got alcohol, and that kills that environment. Kills everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it explains how those pyramids got built. <laughs> yeah. They don't even know they were just drunk and started throwing things it's together. It's amazing. It's amazing yeah, they're yeah. not more crooked. <laughs> hey, right. no, no. Um, at my parents' house, they have a screen porch, and the guy that had my my dad had built it now was he he likes his beer a lot, Bud Light, functioning alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, we pay people today in beer sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this man like got that the roof on that screen porch is perfectly level. And I guarantee you, he drank at least a thirty pack of beer. That maybe day. that, maybe that, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's that, how those pyramids got straight. That, maybe that helped him out. <laughs> I might yeah. kept, kept that hand just steady. I was gonna say, <laughs> them, those DTs went away. That's right. That's All right, it. so we've got one more, one more beer, two more, two beers. more. Two Holy more. cow! Oh, well, let's let's get to what work. do we have left there? We're gonna there. have to think up more questions. <laughs> what do we have left over there? All right, we have the Blondale and the. So I think Let's we go. should go blonde in yeah, now. Yeah. Blonde ale. It's got blonde a little ale. bit of hop, so it'll be the one beer we've had tonight. It's gonna have just a, just a hint of hop to it. Yeah. So yeah. well, let's let's have at it. All right, I'm Let's about it. it. All right, I gotta finish this jalapeno. Yeah, I didn't. I, I've already like re-poured jalapeno. I've, I uh, I didn't got three or four of them that uh, last one. There, there's only a tad bit that that tad bit of that jalapeno left. It's been passed around a couple times. Everything else little, is absolutely gone. Yeah, but every time I, I drink more of that jalapeno, I'm I'm really just I feel like I need a cheeseburger. <laughs> Just a fat, greasy bacon cheeseburger would be perfect with that. I think the jalapeno beer is a sipping beer. If you're, if you need to, uh, if you're the almost designated driver, <laughs> <laughs> is that what we have tonight? You know, take a look at just us. Like the jalapeno beer was probably the one we drank the slowest, though it's all gone. And the wheat beer, no, 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 you don't lead with the wheat beer, man. No, wham. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That was delicious. Yeah. Zero to sixty. So, glad so far, brought, that was my uh, favorite. I'm glad you brought small growlers and small glasses. That was the plan. Small that glasses. was the plan. Well, I looked at the calendar and it said it was Monday. So, <laughs> Briar took tomorrow off of work. <laughs> I'll say it's a good thing I got a, a almost broken foot. I could just hang out in the truck. <laughs> so in this beer, we're we're back to blonde. You know what? That Which, almost reminds me of sweet tea. No, let me yes. taste it. It almost it. It's not quite. It's different, but it nope. almost reminds. Oh wow! Tea. So, so that that's, that's cool that you said that because the mm. hops in there is supposed to give off a good lemon zest flavor. Yeah, so, yeah that is that's that. great. Yeah, right. yeah. So I it's, don't know. That's putting up a. Them. That's 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 bringing up some hard contests for the first one for right. the keg. Right so, on. Right on. So how much? How many? Um, do you use? different hops for these yeah totally so or a variety i should variety is no that's that's smart so yeah uh like some beers uh you can use a single hop 
if you're just trying to go for a certain kind of, it depends on the hop. Some hops give off multiple flavors. Some are very precise in what they're doing. They mix well and match well with other hops. Um, this one's actually just two hops. This is Citra and Sabro. And Sabro gives off, even though I put it in a little bit, kind of gives off a, a little bit of a pineapple. It's probably very subtle, but the Citra definitely gives up more of the citrusy type of flavors yeah. that you're getting there. Yeah, so there's so, no lemon in this beer. It's, no, that's no, the hop. No, it's that's pure hop. That's pure hop. So we're talking about hops. Mm-hmm. Are you? How many different kinds of hops are there? A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> is that just come, is that, does that just come cool. from the like environment that they're grown in? Yeah. Or? So that, there's this is I'm I'm not a, a plant expert, so I couldn't give all the details of it and everything. But from a hop standpoint, you kind of have what are like been called traditional like noble hops in 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 Europe where like the Germans use noble hops so that there's like saws and middle fruit and all these kind of hops that are more the traditional German ones and then in America we have our citras and our amarillos and our cascades and centennials and that throw off all those big piney and hoppy and I mean uh, opta and citrusy flavors and all that sort of thing and then now they're starting to be a popular uh, thing with the different New Zealand hops where they throw off really fruity kind of tropical flavors and stuff so yeah to your point there there are different hops and different varietals but within that you know one guy may have grown what was called like a a, a fuggle hops which was popular brewing beers in england but now that we have american varietals of that so there's only so but there's tons of different hops and they're constantly um engineering those and getting them to get different flavor profiles that they want so yeah lots i was gonna ask you you mentioned <clears throat> engineering them hmm. Are hops affected very much similar to grapes, where your your humidity, your your alkalinity, the soil? Oh, the, for sure. Yeah, it's very similar. Right? Absolutely, it's all that's the growing why, conditions. Yeah. So, for example, like you know, in in uh, the UK and stuff is obviously it has that right kind of climate for that, and then relative to that, the Northwest is a very popular, the Yakima Valley and that sort of thing, very huge. Washington, Oregon, the hops do really well there. But now there's some different varietals that are popping up in New Mexico and places like this. Cause now they're like, oh, okay, this hop does really well here. Florida is generally, although there are a couple of, 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 of good producing hop growers here locally um, that we hope to work with when we get to that level um, being a home brewer still, um, I don't get access to all those hops, but I, I know we would like to reach out to some of the lo- local hop growers, but uh, the, 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 the climate and they would be interesting to talk to, but that the climate doesn't lend itself to, to hop growing. There's a lot of, a lot of attention that has to be paid to those hops to get them to grow in this environment down here. So flops flops. Uh, actually I can't, uh, unfortunately that this is a bit of a, a downer, but there was a local brewery in uh, Lake Mary that he tried to weather 2020 as best he could. He was a little nano brewery as well. It was genetic brewing. Um, and he just unfortunately shut down a couple of weeks ago, but he actually named one of his beers. It was a, a flop. So I, you know, that's kind of a, I won't take that name cause that that's all his. So hopefully he'll come back and brew with us some more. So, and it was made with Florida hops. Yeah, he totally did. He totally went to, yeah, totally got local hops. And, and so the, it's interesting with, with local, sometimes people call them wet hops. If you get fresh harvested hops, you get this real heavy duty flavor coming off of them. So there's some advantage to getting that. Like if I get hops, they they're probably more in pellet form and they might have shipped from the uk or from germany or from washington state so when i when they were picked and processed it could have been months years sometimes before i actually so there is some cool things about using local ingredients like that yeah do florida um, hops like sandy soil i can't answer that 100 <laughs> what i'm saying is i don't think they they're not florida hops they're 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 traditional hops that are that are 
being grown in Florida. And so whatever care is taken to make those hops grow here, those farmers are doing a lot of work, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you permission now. Uh, when you come up with that Florida hop beer, you can name it Son of a Beach. Son of a Beach. I like. I do like that. I don't think that, one, I don't think that one's been taken. I do like that one. I do like that one. I'm going to go for it. All right, thank you. So, so getting back to this particular beer, yeah. Um, is this going to be all, uh, available for me to purchase a growler from I'm going out on the boat one day? One hundred percent, one hundred percent in the summertime. That would be perfect. You're going out on the boat with the boys for a day or whatever, and taking the family out. This would be like the perfect beer to take in a growler to take out on the boat. Just make sure you bring your growler back to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's interesting. You bring that up because I had never seen a place uh, until I I lived in Tennessee in Kentucky area. Uh, where you could go into, and it was actually a liquor store, you could go in there and purchase a growler of oh, yeah. beer. Yeah. And, you know, if you brought your growler back, you got, it It was less expensive. Right, right. Yeah, yeah you right. bought it there, and then every time you refilled it, it was right. just a refill. It was, it, was, uh, it was interesting. Never seen that before in my life. Yeah. But I was like, man, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Well, the concept's cool. So this these are all 32-ounce glasses. So it's essentially two pints of beer in one of these. Um You'll see 64s were popular for the longest time, but the reality is, is if you took a growler home yourself, well, that forced that forced you to drink four yeah, because just like popping a can of beer, that beer ain't going to be yeah. carbonated in the morning. Yeah. So even if you put that lid back on, it's like a Pepsi bottle. You know, it isn't going to, you let too much out. So. Oh, so that's the nice thing where Briar brought up like a boat day, because if you bring a growler or beer, mm. you can guarantee it's going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Drink it. <laughs> no, Dang 100%. it, now I have to drink it. I opened it. <laughs> well, you that's know, that's the I was going to get thing. to that. That was going to be another point I'd make about, you know, taking the time to drink that beer on time, you know, when you do buy a growler because it will go bad in the growler. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what do they call the tops? Yeah. Like like prior to World War One or World War Two, like the, the bottles of beer had all like these intricate – and I think Gross was still making them a couple of years ago. I don't know if they still uh, are. The flip top ones. Yeah, the flip top ones. I don't know what that, yeah, I forget what the name is, but yeah, that, yeah. Those are still popular. I have some beers like that. I like them. Oh, you guys almost got this one going. Yeah, we're working on finishing we're, that. We're passing this, passing this growler back around. Now I apologize would... for the silence. <laughs> we have to refill the beer. That's right. It's a requirement. Get it, Jim. Just a, just a tad bit. And and really, I mean, now the jalapeno beer is almost gone. There there may be a glass and a half left in there. We've literally just everything has been absolutely Man, phenomenal. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I appreciate. I'm it. definitely gonna have to make the trip from Umatilla quite a few times. <laughs> absolutely. Again, it's uh, Longwood's not that far. What we just shoot down 46 and we're there. That's all yeah. it takes, right? 44, yeah. 46. It's, I'll, it's a, I'll put some cots in the garage for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jim's wife's going to get tired of me spending the yeah. night there. You, That's why you I said the that? garage. Give me a key. Can I have the couch on the on the back port on the, in the pool deck? Yeah, there you That's go. What, yeah. You can just have my old eight-man man tent and just put it out on the backyard. That'd be fine. There you go. These, yeah. are, out, these are outdoorsmen. That's not a problem. If we so. drink enough beer, it doesn't matter where we sleep. It'll be fine. <laughs> Two of us, two, two, two of us here are veterans. We slept anywhere. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Chris is a marine. There you go. So yeah, three, you go. three of you are veterans. veterans. I'm not gonna lie. I still like sleeping in my bed. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Abso- absolutely. Falling asleep anywhere makes you appreciate a bed. That's well. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, let's get into this next beer. All right, so our last beer here is a Kolsch. So this is a German ale. 
Um, but it's very, um, very much like a lager. It's, it's very light. It's very clean. Um, it's very dry, very effervescent. Um, and, uh, like I said, to give the visual, this is super, I would say this is way, uh, not way less, but it's less golden than the, um, than the lager that we had tried. It's very clear, very, almost like a, almost like a pale yellow. It is. So, and I've noticed, so when I poured my beer, I tried to not pour a head on it. Mm. Is a head something that we want? Or yeah, I mean, uh, you want some of those effervescence, but by not by not pouring a huge head and not pouring it too aggressively, you're not letting all that carbonation out of solution. Okay. So you're, you know, it's kind of a fine line between it. But there's certainly nothing wrong with it. I mean, keeping that keeping those bubbles in there is a good thing. So, you know, when I think about just beer, mm. working man's beer, mm. this is it. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. this is. Beer, right? There's not. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's de- it is absolutely delicious, right. but there's no, there's no frill. You, you don't have to. Well, it's got nutmeg. And, uh, no, this is <laughs> <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> so, you know, it really doesn't drink like a six point two percent beer either. Yeah, no, it's, it's just it's a really um, easy really drinking easy beer. Drink. It's it's sneaky. It's sneaky. A yeah. friend of mine, we were um, playing cornhole one time with a bunch of other people, and and he'd gone into about pint number five or whatever. He's like, Chris. CBV on this thing. I says 6.3. He's like, man, I thought it was like Bud Light, like 4.2 or something. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I couldn't figure out why he sucks so bad. I'm usually really good at cornhole. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the, I mean, that's the idea of this thing. I would call this a, a any man's beer because I think it's very popular in a lot of breweries. Um, if I can name drop some other breweries like Orange County Brewery, yeah. they do an amazing Kolsch. And I would say probably... 90% of my friends that go up there that aren't big craft beer drinkers, they go to the Kolsch. And so we we absolutely want to develop a, a, a good, solid, you know, any day beer, lawnmower beer, and just easy drinking beer. So, you know, when you say Kolsch, though, it sounds mm. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> what almost everybody likes is they like Kolsch. So, so but you, you talk about a lawnmower beer. I mm. think the first beer we, we drank was a lawnmower beer. Yeah. This, this beer right here, this is the. This is by the, the pool day. watching your kids swim. Well, this this is the this is really the end of the day, settled down. It's quiet out, and I'm gonna have a beer. Beer. Right. No, I think this is the anytime beer. This fits into that anytime I want a beer. That's this beer. I agree. This is the kind no, of beer. Yeah, yeah, no, I can get that. This, this is, is the, the kind of beer around. you have during lunch before you go operate heavy equipment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 when you forget that it's six point three percent, like they used to when men were men. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, no. that's how they built the dang uh, Empire State Building. So they built ours. everything in America. I was going to say, <laughs> alcohol I wouldn't, and drugs, okay? That's right. <laughs> I was going to say, I wouldn't name company names, but there there were times where I worked for a certain company, and we would, uh, Twin Peaks was not so far from us. <laughs> so lunch, <laughs> lunch, we would go have. I think uh, I've seen you there a couple uh, times. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Actually, I did. I did. I did. I saw Briar there three or four times. Lunch, we would go have beers and then go back and operate heavy equipment. <laughs> so, That's what's taking high four so damn long. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when uh, we did a brewery tour in Detroit and went to um, Pabst. This past blue ribbon yeah and they've got a they've got a bar in the old paps factory and right. they tell they do the history story but one of the things they talked about is that everybody was allowed to just come in and get beer whenever they wanted and they had different breaks and things like that sure. and and that included the drivers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, i, I read that somewhere that, 
There was a period of time in history where there was no problem for you to go sure. out and, and work all day and during your sure. yeah, knocking down six, seven beers a day and we, it was the industrial age, man. We we conquered the world yeah. that way. I mean, yeah. No, I was sick. I felt like I worked better after I went lunch and had one or two beers and then came back. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't so stressed out about the right. rest of the day. Right. That grade was a little flatter, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's how the lower AB, well, part of the reason the lower ABVs kind of took over in American culture. But like, um, yeah, I mean, that the, you go back to the UK, a lot of people always, you know, I was growing up, everyone was always like, Oh man, you go over to Europe, man, you get the strongest beers in the world. When eventually I got there, I'm like, no, that's not the case at all. <laughs> it's like, you know, drinking a 3.6% English pale ale is not uncommon because that's the whole point. It's supposed to be, you can consume it and go about your day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's something to be yeah. said for still being able to make a, and I don't, if, like I said, every beer we've had tonight, the 6.3 is by far the biggest, but the rest are all in that five range. And that's still a little bit high, but like, I'm happy to do a bunch of fours and threes to make them very consumable for people to, or as people like to use the word session beer, but I feel like that's a bit used, but yeah, just, you know, yeah. an, an everyday beer or a lunch beer or whatever you want to call it. You know? I was going to say, so I went through the police academy at one point in time. We had to do like a, a DUI class mm. and the lady in the class said, nobody ever drinks beer for the taste of it. Mm, wrong. And yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking <laughs> now I'm like, Especially if you're going to drink a craft beer, like right. some of these beers have a really like you can actually enjoy the yeah. flavor of the beer. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, no, I mean that's kind of the thing. Like the like we're talking about here, it's an everyday any 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 man beer that you can drink. But yeah, I mean if you're really seeking, and we we didn't experience that tonight, but I mean they're Belgian style beers, and there's big double imperial porters, and there's you know there's mm. barley wines and the there's imperial all style. there's all kinds of all kinds of beers and yeah and so to yeah to say that all beer is you know golden light fuzzy beer which it has its place in time we all agreed on that yeah. that's a great yeah. beer but yeah it can be so much more that's like saying all sandwiches are peanut butter and jelly you know so. good thick heavy, yeah. smoky thick heavy porter hundred oh, percent oh, well we talked about that wheat beer another beer we were talking about the German purity laws another way that you can get some interesting flavors they do what's called a Rausch beer where they use a smoked malt kind of like the Scottish oh, yeah. beers do so you get you kind of get that food. dark and then you get the smoke one of the best beers I ever had was in North Carolina and it was a Scotch ale mm. oh, yes good Scotch good. ale is good yeah, yeah it was good well like with the brewery that's the idea is so that we can kind of pivot like I want to be a little bit more seasonal I want to have these I'll always have a light beer whether you're in January or a J July or whatever we'll have a lighter beer but I want to be a little bit more seasonable you know the the big old you know double imperial porters and and, and it's good winter coffee beer. stouts and all that kind of stuff a lot of people aren't going to eat drink those in in July and June. I mean, let's be honest. Not 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 in Florida. Not in our climate. You're not. So um, we want to be seasonal. You know what I mean? And I don't mean just by doing like pumpkin spice beers in October, which that's cool too. I'm fine with that. People want them. I'll, I'll brew them. But you know, I want to be able to do something. You know, when the spring rolls around, hey, we're kind of lightening up a little bit. And then when summer hits, you got to have your summer beers. But definitely your big old boys in the wintertime. So, so so talking about <clears> that, you know, Little Wakaba Brewing. I walk in, say, I mean, any time of year, any time of year mm. on a Saturday, yeah. what beer is going to be like a staple that's pretty much always going to be there, you know, unless you run out or something. Yeah. What's one beer that's almost always going to be on tap there? Well, I wouldn't even, I mean, we're kind of, that's cool. That, yeah. So we, yeah, we definitely plan to have like a, a good core group of beers that are going to be our core beers. That any time yeah. you come in there, you can have it. Um, 
we want to be kind of classic beer. And by classic beer, I mean kind of classic craft beer. So we want to have an American pale ale. I want to have an, yeah. American, an Indian India pale ale. I want to have a porter or a stout. Uh, definitely have to have a lager or a light Kolsch or a blonde or something like that. Um, actually, one of the beers I didn't bring here is actually kind of a staple that one of our first beers we kind of brewed and we just kind of worked on it, worked on it, worked on it is an Irish red. Um, oh man. and so that's kind of that's kind of like one of my favorites so i feel like even though some people might be like that's more of a seat and i'm like no no a good a good dry irish red is yeah. is a very drinkable beer year round so uh some beers like that you know again kind of core beers i i, I don't want to go too far on but we're definitely gonna have taps where i don't know i find some eucalyptus and some pine nuts and i'm gonna throw them in there and just see what that makes so yeah. there, there'll always be a tap dedicated to some experimenting because I do think that's fun. But hey, hey, what do you think yeah. about this one, you know, when somebody walks in? <laughs> I'd say eucalyptus and pine nut. I, I feel like I, <laughs> I just that, not, I just jotted that down. Yeah. Let's see if that happens. You throw pine nut in there. I mean, that sounds like a real Florida beer right there. <laughs> exactly. you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're talking orange blossom honey and orange peel. Okay? There you go. There you <laughs> are. There you are. There you are. So, yeah, no. I doubt, heart of palm. I wanted to be a, uh, I think people use this word maybe too often, but I, I want our beers to be really approachable. So yeah. that if you came in and you're not really a craft beer guy, I can at least give you some samples and get you kind of going in the right direction. Yeah, like that, the the cloche I think is a good one for that. It's that like like Jim described it perfectly. That's your working man's beer. The guy that you know n normally he goes home and he drinks a Bud Light. Yeah. He's gonna like that. Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's it's it's. There's not a lot of frills. It's it's definitely more flavorful, I would think. But yeah, it's it's not gonna. It's not going to send them screaming home because yeah. we're, oh, we're yeah. doing the hot. I, mean, it's, it's I honestly think all of the beers that you've brought tonight are not a beer that somebody that's not a beer drinker would it wouldn't scare them away because yeah. they don't you know people yeah. think of beer they think of like your light beer craft beer it, it really it tastes really beery right, you know right right if anybody who doesn't like beer knows what like a beery flavor is yeah. And, and none of them have really tasted like that they've all been genuinely enjoyable beers I appreciate that appreciate that yeah. So you guys want to talk about? Did you have a favorite? Oh man, all of them. <laughs> I'd have to. Tough. It'd have to be <laughs> all the beers. really. If I'm picking one for the studio, it'd have to be the first one and last one. Um, one of those two. Yeah, if we're making a vote for the studio, I'm definitely going with the Kolsch. I felt the same way, man. Kolsch. Um, the first one was good, but I feel like it was a little sweet. Not, not like I said, it was good, and I enjoyed it, and I would definitely drink a pint of both of them, but the Kolsch was better. I mean, I'm not huge on sweet beers. Yeah, that yeah. sweet beer they went were, down. I mean, that jug good. was emptied within <laughs> I mean, no, 30 seconds. All of them were good. No, no, for sure. The the jalapeno one, I think a pint would be about all I would want of that. I got you. Yeah, no, but I'm, like the Kolsch, I could drink that on the boat all day. Awesome. Yep. You know the um, although I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, don't, I don't know. Y'all put that dunkle down pretty fast. Yeah, that, <laughs> say. I'm saying I, between. I think that should be the hunting season beer. Is, the, is the the dunkles out? Dunkle, dunkle, right? dunkle bison. It's that a, should be the hunting season weed. beer. <laughs> and then after that, we have the colch. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and you guys go ahead and mark this one. Okay, there's one thing that finally the whole Under Pressure Outdoors crew agrees in line. It's got to be <laughs> it's Kolsch. Kolsch. Kolsch is it. Yeah. All right. We yeah. will have Kolsch up here in your kegerator in no time. Nice. I, th I, th I think um, there might be some duck hunts that we have that uh, that dunkle afterwards. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not before. Not, Not before. before. Yeah. So, so, listen, I do agree that like, it's shooting time. 
Yeah. I'm going to say, that, you know, when you talk about duck hunting, it kind of makes me think of cooking. And I really think that Colts would actually be a really good beer to cook with as well. Uh, you're not wrong. Actually, that's cool that you mentioned that. I um, A lot of the stews I make at home um, and everything, I, I will always find either a good light beer or my porter or something like that winds up being the really good cooking beer for it. And mm-hmm. I do use the Kolsch quite a bit to cook yeah. with. Yeah, when, totally. Um, I actually use uh, Founders Breakfast out. Yeah. What I do is when I make my pork butt, I mm-hmm. put it on a grill, I bring it to 165, mm-hmm. and then I take it off. I put it in the pan. I put that uh, Founders Breakfast out in there. Mm-hmm. Cover it and put it back on the grill. Nice. Then bring it up to about two hundred. Excellent there flavor. It's yeah, delicious. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can you can cook with just water, but why do that? Why? Can get yeah. <laughs> why would you have something I, that has flavor? 100%. I can tell you this: you, you can take Briar's pork brut and and put it on top of your head, and your tongue will beat your brains out. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? All right. All right. All right. So, all right, we all kind of agreed that the call show was numero uno. There we go. Uh, now, now, now's in the fisticuffs. Yeah. What's number two? <laughs> the dunkel. The Dunkel for sure. Yeah. And yeah. The Dunkel was, was the first one or the Dunkel? That was the dark one. That was yeah. the dark one. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty darn good. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was going to be that one or. I I really struggled with number two, man. If it was the Dunkel or. or what was the, the blonde? I like the, the blonde. blonde as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell you what, what we really need is a bigger Well, I was going to say. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. Uh, you fellas can all just pack up your trucks and head down to the little Kyber Bray sometime. <laughs> yeah. some, some, sometime in spring. Sometime in spring. I got a flatbed. We can set okay. a tent up on it inside the parking lot. You have to understand. <laughs> you, you guys also have to provide me with a, with a little easier way to exercise self-control <laughs> I do live right outside the studio we'll get you yeah. a little tiny mug of shade there you go there you go we'll, we'll just get you some of these and then you have one of these instead of everybody else has a regular you, what cup. you could do is you could get a communal lock you can they bite they make cap locks and you could lock it and he doesn't get the key until you show up that's it. almost <laughs> what you're gonna have to do. <laughs> We're gonna need three keys to get into that thing. So he's got three of us. Got to be here. It's kind of guys like the guys with the nuclear codes, right? The two of them had to turn the exact same. <laughs> so, Chris, man, yes. I know you've got to have some some great, some funny surfing stories, or just just some of uh, the beer that went way wrong or something. Uh, I've got yeah, I've got one of each actually. Um, so. There's some really good surfing stories, but one of the best surfing stories I have, and I can point it to you, I'm pointing to a tooth right there that doesn't exist anymore because I hit my face on the surfboard. But how, <laughs> how it went about happening was funny. So a buddy of mine are out surfing big storm surf one time, and, and uh, I don't I don't know why, but I, I was like, I think I can make this wave. And they were just dumping on the sand. It was like six-foot wave just dumping in like waist-high water which for a really good surfer wouldn't be a problem but since i wasn't a really good surfer i kind of was a little slow to get up and just as i started to realize that i was about to pitch i thought for whatever reason i could actually stop the physics of that wave from breaking and i could turn around and paddle against it and my buddy to this day says it looked like a cartoon thing like i was trying to paddle up the face of a wave and the wave just took me over and pounded me but he saw the board and my face like gel together and just kind of so I don't know if that's really a funny story, but anyway, he showed up and he's like, "Dude, that's your chin jaw!" Like, because my jaw had completely <laughs> split open. Yet Ooh. the impact had caused the entire thing, and I had to go get like twenty stitches or something in my so, jaw. So, so wind up losing a tooth. Oddly enough, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll point to a tooth. Yeah, this yeah, one right here. Yeah, yeah, that's a beer story. Uh, is yeah. it? All right. 
tried to open so, a beer I can with that too. No, I uh, had too many beers and went face first in the concrete. Lots <laughs> <laughs> well, of better beers. Yeah. So I haven't done a whole lot of surfing, like uh, ocean surfing, mm. but I used to do a lot of wake surfing. Yeah, yeah, okay, right on. And uh, I was there was one day where we were surfing, and I just decided that I was done, right? So just kind of bailed out of the wave with the board, and I sank with it. And then uh, something had happened. I don't know. And the board shot out from underneath my feet mm. and came back up and hit me in the mouth Ooh. and actually put a hole like in my lip yeah. itself. And I got back. I was like, damn, that kind of hurt. And I got back up in the boat. And my buddy's like, dude, I can see like the inside of your mouth through your lip. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not good. That's not good. I was like, that kind of sucks. That's not, that's not good at all. That's not good at all. Um, beer, beer wise, what's a good or a good bad beer story? I don't know. Um, like I said, I told you guys we one of our first beers we made, and we shared it with a whole bunch of people, and everyone was like, mm, "It's really good," you know. But everyone was sick by the end of the day. <laughs> um, I think one of them is it's it's actually kind of scary, but it's kind of funny. So when when I was first home brewing, uh, and we went from doing five gallon batches, and we we're like, "Hey, we're going to try to do ten gallons," but we're still doing them on the propane burner. And I, what I would do is um, we do what's called, a, a, on that scale, we do what's called a brew in a bag. So you basically, instead of having multiple vessels where you move the liquid around and you mash and that sort of thing, we do it all in one vessel. And you put all the grains in this big old meshy bag and then you mash the beer. Well, we didn't really talk about that. So the basic gist of it is you add the grain to the water, you mash the water to convert the, to convert the starches so that the sugars can be eaten by the, by the yeast. That period of time is called the, the mash. So you put it in this bag and then when you're all done, you don't have to like sparge, which is adding water or, or vorloffing, they call it. And you add water and kind of strain the water through. You're working with all the water you're ever going to use and you pull the bag out and kind of squeeze or whatever. And we didn't have a hoist or anything. So I was like, no, no, I'll get up there. And this one beer we were brewing is probably like a 30 or 40 pound grain bill. But when you add the water to it, it takes a second. So I'm standing up over this burner. I said, well, go ahead and turn it on because we're going to get the, the, the boil up. So I pick up this bag and I'm holding it there. And all of a sudden, all this hot wort just starts dripping all because I forgot to put my gloves on. So I have like 160 degree water just like or wort just rolling down my sleeves. And I was so committed to that beer that I held. <laughs> it didn't leave any. <laughs> amazingly, it didn't leave any second degree burns or anything like that. I held it just like like it just ran long enough that it did a one time run down the arm. And then I dropped it back down. Ooh. And and I think my dad looked at me. He's like, "No, let's not let's not do that anymore, man." So, but um, yeah, that's that's commitment to your craft when you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna scar myself for life just because I don't want this beer to go." Back. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of time. That's a neat story when you're at the brewery, though. You know, yeah. you got scars on your arms, like. This is one of the first beers we ever brewed right here. Well, the nice thing about now is uh, we're very automated. We use a lot of pumps. We don't pick things up anymore. We have hoists and winches. And again, when we open up our uh, brewery, we're uh, more of a two or three vessel system. So everything is going to be automated and pumps and switches. And it's all electrical and no open flames and that sort of thing. So you go in his garage. He's got a little chemistry set in there. (laughs) How big are those? Five gallons? Uh, gallons? Fifteen gallon fermenters, actually. Yeah, they're half barrel fermenters. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's pretty sexy. Yeah. 
so when when the brewery opens, are you going to do like a brewery tour where you actually go back and? Well, so that's funny you should say that. So like when you come to the brewery and you sit down at the bar and you stare straight ahead, that'll be the brewery tour because that's about as big as it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, you know, if you want me to point anything out to you, you, you just tell me. Are, and you, I'll tell are you, you are you brewing there at the location? Yes, yeah. So it's so, a twelve. It's going to so be. A, yeah. Can everybody be? Are, is everybody going to be able to see where you? Uh, you're brewing 100%. So one of the cool, cool things we like about it, yeah, I appreciate that. No, it's one of the really cool things about it is we're a very uh intimate space. It's 1200 square feet. Uh that will consist of both the brewery and the tap room. Okay. So it's not like the magic happens in a back room that you don't see. The actually behind the bar because we have to cordon off access for patrons that cannot access our beer and our brewing, okay. which is not a problem because that's where the bar is going to be. But if you're sitting at the bar, probably about 10 to 15 feet right across from me is where the fermenters are going to sit. Um, you can kind of see the beer that you're about to drink in a week or two sitting there percolating away and doing its thing. So um, we're not unique to that. There's a lot of really cool little craft brewers that do that. Yeah. Hourglass does it. They cover everything in glass and you can kind of see the fermenters there when you're drinking a beer. There's a, a group up uh, in the Deland Hyderhead Brewery. He's a small nano brewery as well. And his fermenters sit right behind his bar and everything. So it's kind of, it kind of is uh, more, like I said, more intimate, more engaging because you can actually see the process now actively brewing while you're there. Maybe, maybe not. There's sometimes um, a lot of splashing and smells that go on that maybe people don't want to smell or, experience while they're not bad but it may it may be slightly off-putting when you first throw a chunk of hops into a boiling wort it kind of creates a tea fuse smell or whatever and i i don't know if i'd want to put patrons off but um yeah but certainly i, I would open the door someone said i don't care i'll come in while you're brewing and drink a beer and i'll be like that's fine so but yeah i mean that's that's the beauty of it maybe like, that maybe that's really engaging should be the second podcast so, that's that. a real nice uh, personal aspect to it this fellow yeah 100 yeah do a remote podcast in the brewery yeah at yeah. the opening that'd be sweet that would be or cool i'd love yeah. to have you guys i'd love to have you guys down absolutely 100 percent, man what's your capacity do you think uh we're guessing and and hopefully nobody in similar counties listening to this we think 20 to 30 probably which is fine we're put in the two bathrooms stage anyway once we went over 20 people so i have to have two bathrooms which is fine uh but any uh, outdoor seating uh we would like that to be the case but uh that's not in our initial plans but there is a big courtyard out there so good because i think we have the capacity to perhaps fill put you over the top uh, that'd be that would be great that'd be great i'd love to do it so yeah absolutely so man we we end every episode with the under pressure outdoors tip of the week and i'm gonna go ahead and start us off and say that this episode you've heard far from the typical episode you hear from us this has been nothing about hunting nothing about fishing nothing about that it, it, it's been about beer and surfing and enjoying the outdoors in a totally different way living but you have to understand that there's a there's a catalyst that brings everyone together. We can all find a commonality somewhere, no matter how beer. we enjoy the outdoors, whether it be beer, <laughs> whether it be whatever you, yeah. you choose, we can all find a way. We can find a commonality. We can sit here, we can converse, and we can have a great time. And that's all it takes. We have to understand how others enjoy the outdoors, and we have to work together. Yeah. We work together towards a common goal. We got Jim. Yeah. For a tip, man, I'm going to go. You, know, you think about beer, you think about food, think about travel, think about life. Um, you know, and 
part of this is my professional background, man. A lot of it comes down to money, being able to do things, and I constantly find people that, uh, man, they're struggling. And, um, and maybe I've talked about this in the past, but automating a savings plan, man. If you really want to go out and do some of these epic hunts, whether it's going to be you want to go chase elk, you want to go chase red stags, you want to go shoot, you know, doves by the gazillion down in South America, that's going to cost some bucks. And, you know, friction when you talk about family and all those other things, it's hard to do all that if you're trying to pay for it all at once. So I encourage people a very simple strategy. Wander down to a bank that you don't do business with ordinarily. Open up an account and just have a couple percentage of your paycheck. For those of you that have direct deposit, just sent over to that account. Have it taken out of your hot little hands before you get it. I'm not saying shut down your 401k or anything that's really vital like that. But force the discipline. If you force that discipline, have a couple points of your paycheck sent over into your travel fund. Well, then when your buddies come along and say, hey, man, you want to go chase pheasant with us in Arkansas? Or do you want to go down to South America and shoot doves? You've got it. You've been budgeting it a couple bucks at a time every week, every other week. And you got a couple thousand dollars in there. And that way it's not, hey, honey, kids can't go to college because I want to go hunt elk. Briar, mine is don't drink and drive. That's simple. There you go. Yeah, it's too easy, you know. I mean, if you make a plan, if you know you're gonna go somewhere to drink, make a plan. You know, call an Uber. It's way too easy to call an Uber now. <laughs> Chris, what do you got? Yeah, uh, related to everything, but like uh, I would say, um, understand that life is comes at you fast, and there's a lot of things to do. And and if your passion takes you at 16 or 24 or 35 or 50 or 74 jump on it and that's kind of what we're doing here with the brewery man it's it's i've had a great life but there's still more fun to be had and there's no reason i can't keep on trucking and and this is what i want to do and this is the passion i have and it's what makes life worth living so totally i can definitely relate to that i i Mm -hmm. kind of feel like where i'm at a a point in my career where i'm i'm just not happy with i'm in my career and i know that there's something else and I know what it is that would genuinely make me happy, but it just I'm just kind of scared to make that jump. But I need to go ahead and I know I need to go ahead and make it. Yeah, do it. Absolutely. What but, do you uh, to close us out, Jordan? I'm gonna go ahead and say that, you know, like I said earlier, when I thought of craft beer, I thought of beer that was like heavy and it just tastes like crap. But <laughs> <laughs> having Whew. Yeah, having been here, shots fired. Yeah, wait, 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 I was just wait, wait. yeah. That was just the idea of what I had. Have having been to like other breweries, that was what I thought. But like, my mind has been completely changed here. Like, don't don't be afraid to go to your local craft brewery and try them out. Give them a shot. I think because I've been completely turned around. I think this is the first podcast that somebody hasn't cracked a can of beer in. No, you're right, because we've all been drinking straight out of that. <laughs> well, usually we have that Chris. That's, that's why there's a crack missing. at the beginning of every episode now. Listen, yeah, that's right. That's why I added that beer crack right into the intro. There you go. There you go. Because I knew we were going to reach a point where we're drinking out of this keg right back here. And then, you know, the beer crack was going to disappear. Here. It. And, it, you know, it's it's funny because we had, we, we've had a couple episodes where, like, we didn't hear a crack of beer. And it wasn't because we didn't crack a beer. We were just in that off-air moment where we got to step up, step out of the studio and go do something. We opened beers and, and, and I'm like, well, I didn't, that started as an accident in our first <laughs> episode. Very really? first episode we recorded. And he uh, was, Will actually was like holding the beer away from, we recording off his phone. 
and we didn't have a microphone. It was the microphone on the phone yeah. that we recorded it off yeah. of. And he just happened to like lean over and go far enough that he thought he was far enough away. And it was like crystal clear, perfect. <laughs> you know? Well, it, I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here and I'm happy to do it. We will sponsor a microphone on top of your kegerator. So every time you guys go pour a beer, it'll make that sound and we'll call it the <laughs> Little Wakaiba Brewery Action Mic or something like that. I'm about it. Well, before we before we you know, stop this recording, how how are they going to find you guys? Tell us where you're at. Tell us where they can find you. If you got social media, anything like that. Yeah, listen. yeah, totally. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, so we can be found on our website littlewakavabrewery.com. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram that you can access through those uh, through that site. Um, the actual establishment is opening up in Seminole County. Uh, the address is 145 Wakava Springs Road. Uh, in Longwood, 32779, in case it makes Googling easier. Um, but we're probably not opening till late first quarter, early second quarter 2022 with our licensing and everything. But if we can get open sooner, we'll, we will absolutely. But uh, as we start our build-out process and everything, we hope to be really active with social media, and hopefully everybody will follow along in, uh, on the journey and, and, and greet us when the door's wide open. Well, I'm going to make it easier than you guys, and I'm going to link all those social media things plus their website down at the bottom of the podcast description. So if you want to follow them and uh, look them up on social media, you'll be able to do that. You don't even have to try. You just click on the link and ta-da, there it is. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Chris, it's been a great episode. We really appreciate you coming here and bringing all this yeah. awesome beer. It's, it's, it's been great. a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate it, guys. It, it's been a lot of fun, and I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, it's been a blast for sure. And, uh, hey, as always, we would love it if you guys would reach on there on that Apple podcast and click that write a review button, leave us a review, and actually write something down there. We're up to like 33 reviews now, so it's climbing and climbing and climbing. You guys are doing a great job at leaving us reviews. We really, really appreciate it. We've got to keep them rolling in. So until next week, thank you. Adios. <laughs>